0: Welcome to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. Dr. Levine is a doctor of internal medicine and is ready to take your calls at 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. You can listen to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on the air, online at klvi.com or on your phone with the free iHeartRadio app. Now, here's Dr. Levine.
1: All right, Southeast Texas Internet Radio listeners, welcome to another edition of the Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Thank you, and good morning. I'm uh, here live at the studios of KLVI here in Beaumont, Texas, taking phone calls um, about healthcare and medicine. So if you have any give if you have any questions or concerns about healthcare or medicine, give us a call. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're always giving our COVID update, um, pandemic update. Uh, <coughs> And uh, I think our president went on uh, TV and mentioned that, uh, in his opinion, you know, the pandemic was was over. And uh, that's kind of good news uh, in the sense that, uh, to a a small degree, I I do feel like we have good control over the pandemic uh, for a lot of different reasons. And hopefully the scientific experts, again, um, our president is a politician, businessman, and normally have a different perspective on things. Not necessarily that they're wrong, but just a different perspective. And uh, we tend to, for me, in the healthcare industry, wait on scientists and medical experts to give their opinion about how to move forward with the uh, pandemic. And uh, But I do think that we have really come a long way, and we should all feel good about that. Because, again, we had this little spike, I would say, about four or five weeks ago. We were really seeing a little rise. And, again, just to remind you, we'll continue to see COVID throughout the year. Next year, you know, we're going into flu season. And if you hadn't gotten your flu vaccine, the time is now. If you can get access to that. Mrs. Levine was on the radio last week, and we were sort of talking about our vaccine program that we're starting in our office, which we're real excited about, not up and running yet, but should be in the next few weeks, Uh, just so we can be part of doing our part to encourage the distribution and administration of a product that, in our opinion, is, is and was revolutionary in terms of controlling infections in our country. Remember, you know, when the country was founded, honestly, back way, way, way back in the day, you know, it wasn't heart disease. It wasn't cancers that were killing citizens of this country. It was, it was really infections and, you know, just pneumonia. You know, this routine stuff that we see all the time every day that, for the most part, we can take care of, meaning people get sick, we take care of it, they go home. It's it's a win-win for everybody, but prior to the discovery of the microorganism world, because remember, I mean, I'm talking way, way, way back, scientists, doctors were unaware that there are microorganisms like bacteria and viruses that cause infection. The theory of what was causing illness back in the day was totally different. And I love reading medical history, haven't read it lately just been busy, but I have read it over the years, and it's intriguing to see what the thought processes were of practitioners and doctors back in the day before they understood that there was a microorganism world out there that was causing a lot of illness and infection. But nonetheless, it was discovered, and in order to combat and give us a little edge Over the microorganism world, a couple of things developed as a result of the research in microbiology, virology, et cetera. Number one was antibiotics, and we we all sort of know about that penicillin, sort of the first big blockbuster antibiotic that was discovered, which we still use to this day. And then the vaccine program, just vaccines. So those have been the two biggest efforts of the healthcare industry to help us control the infections in this country. And it's been enormously successful such that the normal lifespan has been expanded well into the 70s, whereas before it was sort of in the 40s, 50s because of infection. We didn't know how to treat pneumonia. It just wasn't a lot to do or Any other sort of infection just wasn't a whole lot to do. So, unfortunately, people succumbed to those infections. But now, we have very strong antibiotics and we have very good technology for vaccines. We were introduced to some new technology that the industry has uh, been using with the new vaccines, which is why they can sort of pump out a new vaccine fairly quickly compared to the old process, and it's very precise sort of dialing up the right vaccine because, remember, all they need is the genetic information of the virus, and they can sort of fine-tune the vaccine so that it fits perfectly the genetic code of that virus and can be more effective, more efficient when it's administered to someone so that's that mRNA process that we heard about a year ago, two years ago. In terms of what the industry has been using, again, been around for years, waiting for something that we can use this technology to use, and we did, and it's been very successful. And so, all the way around to to today, you know, people are just not going in large number to the hospital with infections and being on the ventilator again we're we're seeing a few people here and there but it's at that level like we are with the flu where we know the flu season's coming it comes people get some people get sick but we sort of push through it and we we don't get too concerned about it so that's you know the way that We want to get to this pandemic, and I think we're there, to be honest with you. So hopefully that will be encouraging to the um, scientists, CDC, um, and and other scientific health bodies that give us sort of our information. Hopefully soon we can (laughs) stop wearing these masks. Because I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, I sneeze and I have congestion a lot, and it's just— wearing those masks, you know all the time has generated that. so I'm looking forward to seeing people's faces again and their smiles sometimes frowns. Um, just because people look so different when they have a mask on, it's gonna be awesome to just go to work and not have to have this mask plus they're just you know they're hot and and you have to get a new one every day and you know it's just an it's another, Piece of your person that you have to be responsible for your mask. You know what? Do you, where is your mask, and is it does it match my outfit today? You know, it's interesting to see the patients come in with all the different face coverings that have been, that are out there now. It's it's amazing to see that just floral prints and all sorts of materials and designs. And you know, America's great. Um so, you know, it's something that we'll, we'll all remember, no question, having to learn about masks and learn about viruses and droplets and vaccines. I mean, that's one thing that happens with these sort of crises. You know, Americans get educated on a lot of different things that we weren't really thinking about, and the pandemic is no different. You know, thankfully, we're going into October, which— the weather should become cooler, and our risk of any sort of storms, hurricanes, declines rapidly. So normally, been back for 15 years. Normally, we get this is the sort of the month we get our storms. If we're going to get any, and looks like based on you know what we're seeing and talking to the weather experts, that probably we're good for this year, which is amazing. It's great. Who wants to deal with evacuations and flooding and coming back and having to rip your walls out and recovery? <laughs> it's all that that mess with these storms that we're dealing with now here in Southeast Texas. And that if you want to live here, you know, you have to prepare yourself to, to get ready to evacuate and deal with flooding and, and bad weather. Because Thankfully, it looks like we're not going to get anything this year. Can never say never, but you know, again, we're we're heading into the cooler parts of the month, and we, we le- we're less likely to get these storms. But uh, I think everybody can agree that if you're going to stay here in this part of the country, that uh, you, you know, it's just got to get ready and prepare yourself. So, but you know, we learned a lot about hurricanes and the terminology and. You know, my wife and I, certainly when the storms are coming, it's like a little ritual. We start looking at the Weather Channel and there's the the music and the the meteorologist and just how they report it. You know, we're so familiar with it that uh, it's just sort of part of our routine when the storm starts coming and then, you know, getting ready to evacuate and close the office and sort of hunkering down and then coming out the next day and looking at the damage and what do we have to do and when are we going to come back and whose house is flooded and and just all these decisions that you have to make it's just nice that it looks like we won't have to get into all that this this um, month or this uh, this year so I'm happy about that and you know as you know I like the cold weather the heat is just so Suffocating, so uncomfortable. Anyway, if you have any questions on COVID, um, the pandemic, and just I had I hadn't heard anything on the monkeypox. I mean, nothing. So I think we're good on that front. You know, obviously vaccines for monkeypox are out there, and we discuss it a little bit if you if you want to. Um, we're we're big on vaccines, so go get it if you can get one. Anyway, phone lines open, 896 KLVI one 1-800-330-KLVI. If you have any uh, calls, give us a buzz. We're going to our first break. Be back in two minutes.
0: You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560-KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI.
1: All right, welcome back to Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Give us a call if you have any questions. You know, we're always trying to figure out how to lose some weight, right? That's just a big issue in our country, and we're almost getting to the end of the new year, we're always talking about New Year's resolutions. But nonetheless, it's obvious that a lot of Americans are struggling with their weight and looking for ways to cut down on that. And the pharmaceutical world has been pumping out some medications that can really help you control your desire to eat and then the amount of food you eat because, let's face it, we, we really eat too much in this country. And, you know, we're not bad people. It's just that it's, that's sort of how it's presented to us in so many different ways. We're sort of encouraged to eat and drink all day long which if you talk to nutrition experts, scientists and really just my own sort of observation and dealing with patients all day long and talking with them about their habits we just eat too much we we really do we don't really need to eat and drink as much as we think we need to there was this whole push several years ago with drinking you know all this water that we had to consume, um, and there was a, a certain amount that was given. Uh, I, I can't even remember the amount, but it was just, just this god awful large amount of water that you know you had to drink every day if you wanted to consider yourself to be healthy. And you know, every now and then, every six months, every year, we sort of something comes out where if, if you do this one thing you know, you're going to be healthy. If you want to be healthy, then this is the one thing to do, and you got to do this one thing. So, sometimes it's, you know, drinking a whole bunch of water all day. Sometimes it's, I got to get my, my certain amount of steps in, you know, 10,000 steps is sort of the bar that has been thrown out there. And, you know, honestly, a lot of times the science behind it is a little weak. And, you the thing that I've tried to inform everyone on, on who listens to this show, based on what I know, you know, talking, dealing with patients all the time. I mean, I am interviewing people every day about what they do in the hospital, in the office, people that are sick, people that are healthy. And so you get a pretty broad view of what's going on out there, and you sort of get to the – Bottom of, you know, what's really working and what doesn't really work out there. And so this, this 10,000 steps and this I got to drink a gallon of water sort of thing, these have been put out there for, for many years. And some people believe in it and they do it. You know, that's fine if it works for them. You know, I, I'm happy for them because I'm always excited when a patient sort of finds the solution for them. For their health, uh, I a lot of patients come in frustrated because they've read this, they've read that, they've read this book, they've talked to this person, and they have been given a lot of suggestions about what to do. Even after talking to me, and nothing is "quote working" in quote, and it can be very frustrating for someone out there trying to lose weight. They tried X, Y, and Z, it's just not working. And a lot of times, what I see is just after a while. Patients just kind of give up that, you know, they just they have too many things going on and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of time from from them to figure out what works for them. And sometimes it's just overbearing. It's too much. And they just sort of give up, meaning losing that weight is no longer a priority. I'm just going to be heavy and I'm just going to eat the way I want because I'm just tired of being confused. I'm tired of sort of getting these different messages. So I'm going to just eat whatever I want. And most of the time when that happens, they tend to fall back on how they've been eating for their lives. And again, just the things that have been recommended to Americans has drastically changed over the past several years. I guess when I was in high school, the whole carbohydrate um Recommendation was coming out. Fat was really the 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 villain. Fat is bad. Fat and don't touch it, don't look at it, don't sniff it. Get it out of your life. Fat, right? Because that was considered the bad thing. So the sort of the food industry flooded the market with all these high carb, low fat or zero fat products. That's that's all you saw in the packaging back in the day. That would be a very interesting book. That's a great idea. If anybody's listening, want to write a book? That would be an interesting book. Just sort of the history of you know what has been recommended to the Americans over the past, let's say, forty years, and just chronicling that in terms of the buzzwords that get put out there and the packaging that gets put out there. Because back in the day, it was all about fat. And then starches and high carbs. That was what they replaced fat with. So. Uh, Um, snack whales. I don't know if you guys remember snack whales. This was a a product that was put out where it had zero fat in it and you could eat it. You know, People were rushing to the market to get this like, oh my God, it was like cookies and brownies and chips and cakes and stuff like that had no fat in it. And the idea back then was Hey, fat is bad. So if you don't eat fat, then you're going to be extremely healthy and live forever, right? <clears throat> because even at that time, cardiovascular disease was still the the big the big dog on the block. And the, the thinking at that time, the scientists at the time, their best idea or thought was the biggest issue was consuming fat. That that's what led to cardiovascular disease. So hey, get rid of it. So, you know, we it flooded the market. Just all these high starch, zero fat products and snack Wolves was one of them. And to this day, we're we're all all the way to this day we realized that mm, maybe an overreach with that recommendation, right? Because starches in the amount that Americans start can, started to consume them and the frequency was bad for your health as well. It generated its own issues, so we've had to pull back on that recommendation. And fat is not so bad. A Little fat is good. There's good fats and there's bad fats. And we've had to continue to educate ourselves about what's right and what's wrong. And we we continue to hear things all the time. But certainly, just so you're not confused, limit your consumption of carbs and starches and sugars. Limit. Some people have to really cut it down to almost zero. But for most of it, it's limiting. Anyway, our appetites are big in this country, right? We like to eat. We wake up. What are we going to eat? We go out of town. What are we eating? It's dinner time. What are we eating? It's lunch. What are we eating? So this is always this preoccupation with what are we eating? What's what's for dinner? What's in the, the cabinet to snack on? We have a lot of food here. So it's hard sometimes fighting those cravings to to eat. So the pharmaceutical company has come out, you know, with some products, and I I think they sort of haphazardly found out that these products help control appetite. These products are are basically for diabetic patients. Well, let's back up. There's been some appetite suppressants on the market for several years, even when I came out as a resident, Um, which, you know, that was another thing. They really didn't introduce diet and weight control in my medical training, and they really still don't talk about it in medical training today. So unfortunately, most of your physicians, nurse practitioners, physician's assistant, really, when they finish their medical education, unless they have some sort of personal interest in nutrition and health and what's right and what's wrong, most the the, the average medical graduate doesn't really have an expert understanding of diet and what to do, what to say, etc. This is something that they have to learn on their own, which is what I had to do. I felt totally inadequate counseling patients when I came out in terms of what to tell them. I I had no clue. Now, I'm over 20 years into the game, so... Yeah, I'm much better at counseling patients now. But when I came out, I had no clue. And unfortunately, it's still kind of like that with medical graduates. Just I don't know why it's not sort of prioritized in medical education.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved,
0: we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: That they sort of get introduced to these concepts and sort of told that this is important. You need to learn it as a healthcare professional. It's something you need to continue to educate yourself on. There's just almost no discussion about it, which again, I, I, th- that's a huge concern for me because these are the people on the front lines and we tell them, or I understand now that when you're in the hospital, you're in your offices, because we're on the front line, it would just make sense that that person needs to have a pretty good knowledge base of health and nutrition. And the fact that they don't, then obviously there's a big opportunity that gets lost to educate your patient about what's right and what's wrong to try and get them on the right track. So it's sort of a big hole in the medical education and hopefully we'll fill that gap at some point. But nonetheless, the pharmaceutical company has introduced some products recently. And one product that's been getting a lot of buzz is a product called Wigovi. W-E-G-O-V-Y, Wagovi. And really, it's just a renamed medication that has been out for several years. It's really a uh, diabetes medication, and it belongs to a class of diabetes medication that has been out for a long time as well. But they sort of repackaged it and redosed it and... Called it something different. This product belongs to a class of diabetes medicines called GLP-1 agonist, and the first GLP-1 agonist was Victoza, if my memory serves me correct, which has been out for many years. It was an injectable medication, do it once, a, twice a day, I believe. And several years later. They've reformulated, other companies have gotten a hold of the, the market and they've come out with newer products now to the point where you only take the injection once a week, making it extremely convenient. But this, these products, GLP-1 agonist, apparently help control your appetite so that even though there's all this food in front of you, and all this suggestion to eat, it's okay to not eat. You're comfortable. Because you know, when you get hungry, it gets really uncomfortable, right? I mean, that's all you're thinking about is I need to eat. I see this a lot, obviously, in the hospital and the emergency department go by and talk to a patient. They haven't eaten in 12 hours, they haven't eaten in 18 hours. Hey, can we get some food? We're, we're getting, they haven't eaten. They, we need to eat. So when you take this medication, this Wegovy, W-E-G-O-V-Y, all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's okay. I'm comfortable. I'm not that, I mean, I, I know I haven't eaten, but I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm comfortable. So I will get into a little bit of that a little bit. And the next segment, phone lines are open. 896 KLVI, one 800 I'll be back in two minutes.
0: Got an ache? Got a pain? Got a medical question? Call Dr. Levine's Medical Hour Saturdays at 8 on News Talk 560 KLVI. Who says docs don't make house calls? Join Dr. Levine Saturday at 8 for Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI.
1: All right, welcome back to Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Phone lines open, 896-KLVI-1800-330-KLVI. Talking about just weight loss and appetite control, we're all looking for some solution to help us lose weight. It's so hard out there, so difficult. Just all the good food, the beverages. Man, it's hard to say no. But there are some products that are available, which are prescription, that are primarily for diabetic patients, but they're The pharmaceutical companies have sort of re-engineered these products to be available for everyone. It's just that for most of us, the expense is sort of prohibitive, and that's something that can be a little tricky. But this product, Wegovy, W-E-G-O-V-Y, had just um, came out. Now, prior to that, again, this GLP-1 agonist class that has been out for diabetes management. We use every day. But one of the pharmaceutical companies, (laughs) excuse me, thank you, Um, there was another product that has been out for several years called Saxenda, S-A-X-E-N-D-A, which is similar to Wegovy in the sense that the pharmaceutical company that came out with Saxenda, it's basically a diabetes medicine But it was sort of reformulated, renamed, and they have been promoting it for weight loss. They've been, Saxenda, S-A-X-E-N-D-A has been out for several years, but it was just expensive, right? We just couldn't get it to most patients um, to use this product, but it does help control your appetite such that you eat less, and when you eat less, then obviously— that will generate some weight loss and when the weight loss goes into effect then it changes your body metabolically hormonally and you start to see reductions in your sugar reductions in your blood pressure and you you start feeling better right we we sort of all have our kind of understand that trajectory of weight gain and we then start to feel bad and start having physical symptoms so that when we lose weight, whether it be from medications such as Wagovi or Saxenda, and again, some of the diabetes other names that are in that class would be uh, Bidurion, um, Ozempic, which is really what Wagovi is, that the brand name for the diabetes part of it is Ozempic. Um, they renamed it Wagovi, but then there's Bidurion, Victoza, um, there's a couple other ones, uh, Trulicity, T-R-U-L-I-C-I-T-Y. Again, I'm just throwing these names out because these are all of the GLP-1 agonists. And so if you do have diabetes, you know, for my patients and the way I do things now for most of my diabetic patients, again, and, and you, you talk about what has changed over the years from the time I came out to now, I mean, just... The medicines have exploded with diabetes. It's almost like the cancer world. You know, they're always pumping out medicines for cancer treatment. For diabetes management, I mean, we have more and more, I mean, really good medications that are attacking the disease from all sorts of different angles, which is why a diabetic patient, depending on their control, can be on three or four different medicines just for diabetes management alone. We're not talking about pressure or cholesterol or thyroid or their pain or their heart disease. All we're talking about is diabetes. They can be on four medications because we do have several classes of medicines that we use to help control diabetes or diabetics. And the things that we pull for first or prescribe first, again, has changed this GLP-1 class has really been prioritized by the experts in, in telling doctors like me, these are the medicines that you should be reaching for. And we like to reach for them, but again, sometimes there's pushback from the pharmaceutical company because these medicines are kind of new, and we all know how that works. It's, if it's new, it's going to be a little pricey, and they sort of control that uh function in the sense that they make it expensive and unavoidable for most people to to use, which is unfortunate because a lot of times these are better products, they work better than the old stuff, they don't have as many side effects, and so we have to go through that phase, normally about five years of letting the medicine hit the market and then working with the pharmacy, I'm sorry, the insurance company to pay for it. But if you can get your hands on one of these medicines, especially if you have diabetes, go to your healthcare professional, maybe you're already on one of these medicines. Like I say, Victoza, Bidurion, Trulicity, Ozempic, Saxenda, Wigovi, or Wigovi. these medications work very well. Now, the pharmaceutical company that makes Ozempic also came out with a tablet. It's the first tablet form of GLP-1 agonist, it's called Rebelsis, and you've probably seen some commercials on TV for that one. It's a pill. You know, we like taking tablets, they're easy, people know how to use them, because, you know, there's a lot more injectable medications out there, and sometimes (laughs) that can be a little nerve-wracking for someone to get a pen, P-E-N- with a needle on it, and inject themselves with the medication, that can be a little nerve-wracking. And so we get a little resistant sometimes when we tell people that they're going to have an injection that you can take at home. They're a little nervous about that. I think we all have these ideas of this you know, long needle that's on end that so we have to inject, and it's going to be painful. But again, you don't have to worry. The needles have gotten so tiny, and so small, they're they're almost called microfilaments that when you inject it into your skin, you don't feel anything. That's technology has come a very, very long way such that you can take this stuff at home with ease and it doesn't generate a lot of pain. But they came out with a tablet called Rebelsis, and again, it works the same on your metabolic system, this GLP1 agonist again to help control your appetite and to decrease your desire to eat. And it's sort of a, a weird sort of experience, again, almost an antidepressant, if you will. A lot of folks, that's a big issue in our country is depression, anxiety, and we, we get a lot of uh, patients coming in with that. And
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You
1: no, know, they can't really control their emotion. They want to get on meds, which is fine. And we put them on meds. And sometimes the medication makes you feel medicated, if you know what I mean. And that's an unnatural sensation, unnatural experience. And a little bit weird for people. They don't like the way they feel on the medication. They know they're nervous. They know they're anxious, depressed. They want to feel better, but they don't want to feel medicated. You know what I mean by that? Maybe that hangover effect. Well, you know, we get the same thing with medications where we give a medication, they start taking it, and then they feel off. You know, they don't feel neutral. They don't feel normal. And sometimes that doesn't last very long. You just have to sort of push through it, and after a while, your body adjusts. But sometimes it gets worse or it never goes away. And some people have to decide if they want to stay on the medication. And this has been the issue with this class. Again, because it's, I'm not getting heavy into the uh, biomechanics of how it works or metabolically how it works, but its main impact is on the gastrointestinal system. And because of the hormones that it impacts and prevents, basically your bowel function kind of slows down a little bit. And so at the end of the day, what it does is when you eat, it really shuts off your desire to eat sooner. And what I mean by that is you may have a plate of food that you're used to eating a certain amount. The plate, you have your meat and your vegetables and maybe a starch, and it's a certain amount. You know, not a huge amount, but it's a normal-sized plate. Well, when you take this medication and you start eating, very rapidly, your desire to eat goes away. You, just, you can't even eat another bite because you feel full. So most of these products, because they work on the GI system, generally generate a lot of GI issues, constipation, bloating, uh, cramping, maybe some slight nausea. You know, you know it's there. It's not making you throw up, but it's sort of in the background when you wake up and a little nausea is hanging behind. You. It's on your shoulder that you can feel all day. And who wants to be nauseated all day when you're trying to work? You know, you're trying to focus on your job and get your work done. You, you're nauseated. It's 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 a kind of a very uncomfortable feeling. Most people don't want to walk around feeling nauseated all day. Nonetheless, this, these medicines, you know, Wagovi and Nozempic, can sometimes just generate a little nausea, or the bloating and the cramping, constipation can be an issue too. So sometimes we have to back down on the dose, maybe stop it for a week or two, let it get out of the system and start over or even jump to a totally different product, whether it be, you know, like I said, there's several in that class of GLP-1 agonist that we can sort of hop around. But, you know, the tablet has worked very well. I use Rebelsis a lot. So if I have a person who was recently diagnosed with diabetes, they're overweight, you know, they're having a problem with their eating habits, that's normally one of the first products that I will introduce is the injection or the tablet. And again, there's there's videos a lot, you know, if, you, if you're listening to the show and you you... Are on one of these medicines, you're nervous. There's so many videos now on YouTube or even the website of the pharmaceutical company that give you step-by-step instructions on how to inject yourself. This stuff is very, very simple and easy. And normally it's going to be a one, two, three-step process because, they again, they know how busy people are. We don't have time to remember all these instructions or we don't have time to process it. I think some of the earlier injections, you know, you had to put in the refrigerator and you had to shake it and then you had to wait and you had to do this. I mean, it's too many steps. You know, basically we want to grab and go. And they have sort of gotten into that point, again, especially with the tablet rebelsis, you know, you just pop it open and, and take it, right? We're all sort of, we understand how to do that. It's almost like uh, going to a gym and and exercising sometimes this equipment is kind of complicated looking. Like, how do I get in? How do I adjust it? Where do I put my body? Versus, hey, just go outside and walk. You know, everybody knows how to do that. And so, when you get these injections with with these steps, it can be intimidating to some people. They don't really know how to do that. They they've never done it before. And again, you don't want to bleed. You don't want to cut yourself. And you know, you're injecting, and just all the horror stories of. You know, once it's in, it's in, and like you know, what if something happens? But we're all sort of comfortable with, you know, taking a tablet medication because we've done that so long, or we've we have had some sort of um, liquid that we, when we were sick, that our mom gave us and we drank it. And that's another thing. For whatever reason, I guess a medicine being a liquid form must be hard to generate and hard to stabilize, just because. Not a lot of the companies are generating liquid medicines. You know, the tablets, it seems like that's the easier thing to do. They've sort of figured out how to do that. But they haven't really produced a lot of drinkable medications. You know, that's another area that they can probably capitalize on with certain medicines. But, you know, then you have to flavor it, and what's the consistency? And is it fizzy? Is it thick? Is it thin? (laughs) You know, all these different sort of ways you can go with the liquid. But, you know, some people just can't swallow very well and the pills are too big and they, we have to break down the pills a lot of times. And uh, that can be a problem as well. So, um but that will be interesting, a liquid. You know, I never thought about that. We don't have too many of those. We have a little bit, but not a whole lot. But injectables is certainly something that the pharmaceutical companies like. And again, Making it more convenient once a week instead of every day can sometimes improve compliance. Anyway, we're going to our last break. Phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 800 330 I'll be back in two minutes. All right, welcome back to Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Going towards the last segment, and thank all the listeners today. I just spent some time talking about diet and appetite control. God, it's such a struggle sometimes. That the pharmaceutical company does have medications out there. They are diabetes medicines primarily. The, the new classes GLP-1 agonists, and there's several to choose from. And they have re-engineered it and renamed it. The two that have been used the longest, probably, is Saxenda. It's been out the longest, and Wagovi just came out. But, again, the diabetes medicines, Ozempig, Bidurion, Trulicity, Victoza, Rebelsis, these are just diabetes medicines. So if you have diabetes... And you want to get on these meds? Probably your pharmacy. I'm sorry, your insurance company will pay for these medications. Just talk to your healthcare provider about starting these medications. But if you don't have diabetes, then certainly go to these websites. Sometimes there's savings cards. The pharmaceutical company will help you afford these medications because, unfortunately, because they're new and they're not in the right tier, then they they might be a little bit prohibitive to take these uh, medications. Now, the use of metformin, which has been around for years for diabetes, is, has been tossed around for appetite, weight loss control. I honestly haven't really seen that it impacts appetite that much. So that, that really hasn't been one that I've gone to um, a lot, but uh, cer- certainly sometimes can be, can be used. There is another class of diabetes medicines called D. Dog DPP4 class, which again, I don't use those medicines as much. A couple of brand names would be Unglyza or Genuvia. Not that they're bad products, but again, the diabetes market is so crowded with so many medications that, you know, depending on the practitioner you go to, you might get this or that. Again, we're all sort of creatures of habit. And we like to use certain products, especially if we feel like they're successful, they allow us to treat our patients, we get good feedback from the patients, we get good results, then we're going to sort of stick with those medications, even though maybe new stuff might be coming out, as long as at the end of the day we're getting to that point where we're controlling our patients. And just about everybody in their practice You know, we try to achieve 100% improvement, or 100% compliance, or reduction in patients A1C. But sort of the average, you know, the averages are there, and there's just a small percentage of no matter who you are, your patients were. We just can't get the A1C down, no matter what we've done. We've tried this, we've tried that, and just cannot get it below a certain point. And for the insurance companies, they like all the A1Cs to be below nine. That's sort of our goal. And believe and believe it or not, some people still struggle to get their A1Cs below nine, even though they're on meds and they're going to the doctor and they feel like they're doing everything possible. Those A1Cs just stay 10, 11, 12. And it's, it's a big struggle. So every practitioner has those patients. But I would say at least over half the patients, it's going to be pretty easy to get the A1C down just by using these new medications that are on the market, like as I've mentioned today, and doing a little education, a little bit less french fries, a little bit more vegetables, and boom, you're there. That's going to be most patients, but there's always that segment that it's just really, really tough, and the struggle is real. And the frustration is real, honestly, just trying to find a solution to their problem with their high sugar. But anyway, hopefully that helps you out. Remember, thank you for joining me for the, another edition of this show. Remember, don't drink and drive. Drink some water, eat your vegetables. And I'll be out next week, so we'll have a recording, but I'll be back the following week. Have a good day.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.